Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 10. Parker, what's on the docket today? We are talking about the NBA playoffs, including Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals and the start of the NBA Finals. Absolutely. The finish of one, start of another. Absolutely. From there, we hit the MLB newsstand to get our snacks. Of course, talking about the big news. And then uh, a, a little interesting segment, yeah. Parker. So we're talking about teams below 500 that have a chance to make a playoff run. Yeah, you want to know why? Because both of our teams are under 500. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We're ending on our NFL series on the top 10 players at each position. This week, wide receiver groups. Wide receiver groups uh, kick off this week. It's going to be super exciting. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Getting into the NBA, we might as well talk about the ultimate game seven. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals ended with Boston defeating Miami in kind of a weird, yeah. interesting. It was like really one sided, and then at the end, yeah, it got close. Got Miami really made tight. a run, but the, the story of that game is: should Jimmy Butler have shot that three, or should he try to make a shot? Like a two-pointer to get into overtime. Right, yeah. So it was 96-98 at the time. Jimmy Butler driving down the cross. There's like eight seconds left in the game yeah. or something like that. And he puts up a three. It was kind of contested. Mm. I, I, I like the shot. I actually, I'm not a fan of the shot. I didn't think it was a good shot live. Like when I saw it, I go, oh, that's not a good shot. But I know our buddy Ike, who's been on the pod, uh -huh. he loved the shot. And he goes, the reason being because Jimmy Butler played every minute of that game. And it's like, okay, well, if he gets a two and ties it and they go into overtime, well, they're getting they're getting destroyed because he's got nothing left. Right. I get the point, but my my thing is, hey, get to overtime. Like, I understand if you make the shot, you're up one. Understood. But, you know. I, so here's the reason yeah. I like the shot is you're – you're, <laughs> I will go down with this ship. Like, Miami's <laughs> yeah. going down with Jimmy Butler. Absolutely. So, and no one else in that game for Miami really, really did, did anything, right. right? So, if you, Jimmy Butler had to take that shot. If he tries to drive and kick, there's the problem is the kick. I would just drive. Well, and but finish. Then he, I don't know if he finishes on weak legs at 47. Minutes and fifty seconds left in that game. Fifty-two yeah. seconds left in that game. I mean, game. I get the point. I just went in the moment when I saw the shot. I go, that's not a good shot. It's, but then, but then when the you shot think about it, right. when, when you think about it, you're like, okay, he, he did play every minute. He's been the only one that's doing anything for Miami. He he probably can live with that shot. Yeah, and and as a Miami fan, you have to live with that shot. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, like not the, the fact that you know he made it or missed it, he took it, but like that's the shot you want. Like you want Jimmy to take the shot and. And Boston was going to start. There's no driving and finishing at the hole for Jimmy Butler there. Okay. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. And you take that shot at that point in time, so maybe you can get a board and then a putback. So, oh, that's fair. Like, I mean, that's the reason why he takes a shot in this spot. But anyway, Boston wins 196. Uh, that leads to the finals as Warriors Celtics. Celtics. Yep. And the Celtics lead 1 nothing after game one. Yeah, they dominated. And, well, it well, was, was mainly it was the really fourth the quarter. Fourth, yeah, fourth quarter. So because it was, you know, go ahead, go yeah, ahead, give so, us the run. So the Celtics defeated the Warriors one twenty one oh eight on the road. Al Horford he had twenty six points led the team six of eight from three six rebounds. Jalen Brown had twenty four points ten of twenty four from the field and seven rebounds. Marcus Smart had eighteen points. Derek White off the bench had twenty one points. Tatum didn't have a big scoring day. He didn't shoot well from the field, but he had twelve points, thirteen assists, and five boards. On the other side, Curry led all scores with 34 points, mm -hmm. had seven threes. Wiggins had 20 points. Clay Thompson had 15. It really did come down to that fourth quarter. Yep. So Golden State led by 12 entry in the fourth, but Boston outscored Golden State 40-16 to 16 in the final period. 
It was really the three ball. It was all the mainly three ball. Al Horford and Derek White. And Derek White. They they were unconscious from three that four. Then I'm watching. I'm going. Oh, I can't make this one. Make it. You know. You know what's crazy? I the think they made com- like seven in a row. It was eleven to sixteen total. I can't remember what the road is. I like or what? How many yeah. in a row? But like Al Horford and three pointer just don't match in my head. Yeah. So it was really weird to see that transpire. Right. right. Like so. I craziness. I I, I don't. I, well, they were nine to twelve in the fourth quarter. They combined eleven for yeah. sixteen in the game. Yeah, I, just craziness. The what happened there? But so the Celtics are up now. If you read our Twitter, Parker has the Warriors winning in six. Yes, I have them in seven. I have this thing going the distance. I'm Hercules. So <laughs> you know, does this change your mindset? I still believe Warriors in seven. I still have the Warriors. I'm sticking to in six, but with the game one loss, I think you're more right than me. It going the distance in mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. And I know our buddy Baker. After the first game, he goes, "Oh, so you still picking Warriors?" I go, "Yo, it's one game." Yeah. And I know that the Celtics are eight and two on the road in the playoffs, which is big, and it's hard to win in Boston. Right. I get that, but give me this battle-tested championship caliber team in Golden State. Yeah. But because I told him this, I go, "There's no way." Al Horford and Derek White are shooting like that in the fourth quarter in the in the series ever again. I mean, Curry still had thirty four leading and everybody. I, and I know Jason Tatum didn't shoot well from the field. He goes, "Well, Jason Tatum's like I think he was like three or fourteen. Yeah, but it's just like okay, I'm I'm giving you Jason Tatum's gonna be better, but it was the others, quote unquote, that Al Horford, Derek White, that really led this team, right? And it was all the fourth quarter and yeah. shooting the three. And they were literally unconscious. Yeah, it so, was it was weird. You can't really sit there and, and just say, I guess oh, that gotta happen gonna... every night. Right. I mean the Celtics are now eight and two on the road this postseason. Uh defense really buckled down late in the yeah. game. I mean that's really the only like thing that I'm thinking, okay, maybe I got this wrong because Boston is a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Golden State's terrible and I guess I'm just like, Oh, Steph Curry's gonna figure it out. Well, I mean he was Seven of fourteen from right. deep, twelve of twenty-five from the field. Like he didn't have a bad shooting night. Right. Wiggins had twenty. Thompson had fifteen. You I mean, expect Thompson to have a little bit right. more. I mean, give me Curry over Al Horford or Derek White. You know, guys who like really had big game ones. Jalen. Give me Steph Curry. Like right. I believe in what he did in game one than some of these other guys. I'm not saying they can't have good series and do well. I'm just saying to really lead this team, especially in the fourth quarter from distance. Mm. Give me Steph Curry. Well, and here's the other thing too. Horford kind of like put Draymond Green in a box. Yeah. Draymond Green has to figure something out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because if he figures something out, there's no stopping this Warriors team. I do wonder, okay, so Robert Williams is really the only big for Boston. If he gets in foul trouble, Kevin Looney, or is it Kavon Looney? Kavon Looney. He, he, can, he can do some damage in the paint like he did in last series. Right. But he didn't really do much in game one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, Golden State has all these bigs that can, like, dominate in the paint. But I, I think Kevon Looney could do more damage than Rob Williams can as far as Boston's lack of bigs to, you know. No, not disagreeing. I, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I I don't know. This is going to be tough. I still I still believe in the Warriors in seven. This I, Do I think the Celtics win game two? No. No, I don't either. I, I think I mean, there I are going think, to be changes to be made. I didn't think Boston was going to win game one. Uh, that's I, also I definitely thought they could split because I, I think this is a little back and forth. Right. But I think Golden State – can do some damage on that parquet court in Boston. No, I'm not not disagreeing with you either. All right, so the game two is tomorrow. We're recording Saturday the 4th. It is Sunday the 5th, 9 o'clock tip-off time two, or 8. No, it's 8 o'clock tip-off time. Two days off. That's weird. It is weird. Especially for basketball. But I think it's because they wanted the, the, the – Sunday night, right? Yeah, I mean, I understand that from. They want uh, the lights. Yeah, out of the lights. But are you telling ah. me if you play Saturday night that it wouldn't be must see? It would. I but, mean, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. just, you know, I'm just like two days off. Yeah, that's a lot. It is a little for basketball. Weird. It is a little weird. But I mean, basketball has been trying to draw out the finals for Forever? long enough. So yeah. why not just keep doing it? Yeah, just keep doing All it. All right, so that's gonna do it for the NBA. When we return, we're hitting the MLB newsstand, and we're talking all the big news, including something really big with my squad. When we return. Welcome back to Sports GPS. 
We are getting to the MLB newsstand. CJ, what snacks are you getting today? Dude, I'm going Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So no Cool Ranch Doritos? No Cool Ranch Doritos. Just give me the regular, what, nacho cheese Doritos? Nacho cheese? You're just going straight, yeah. straight, straight brand burrito. Absolutely. Right All right, fair enough. All right, so the biggest news in Major League Baseball was your Phillies fired your manager, Joe Girardi, on Friday. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yesterday, I'd, I'm sitting there at work, look at my phone. All of a sudden, I see Joe Girardi has been... Uh, what, what was the relieved of his duties? Yeah. Relieved of his duties as the manager. And I'm like, I don't know whether I love it or hate it. Here's the reason why Joe Girardi misused the bullpen. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but who else are you going to find out there better? Now let's hope Rob Thompson, who, uh, to took over. He's the interim skipper for now. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's maybe the new voice is what Dave yeah. Dombrowski is saying they need. Now, granted, last night they won 10 nothing. Yeah. Uh, behind, Great start behind four, four homers. Yeah, I think Bryce had two. Schwarber had two. Yeah, Schwarber had two. Bryce had two, and then Stott had one. Okay, so it was five homers total, and then there was Nick Maton who tripled in a run. Okay, so it was the long ball and a triple that did it for the Phillies against the struggling Angels. Hey, a win's a win. Yeah, I mean, I'm not well, and this is the part, right? So I was also looking at. You know what? What could happen? Joe Girardi was one thirty three and one forty one his three seasons in Philly. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. No, they lived in mediocrity over the last three years. Like I, I watched a graphic. Now this was before. This might have been the end of last week. The Phillies over their last uh, twenty four games were twelve and twelve. Over their last fifty, they were twenty five and twenty five. And over their last two hundred games, they were a hundred and a hundred. Yeah, I mean, look, like I'm not, literally living in mediocrity. Yeah, I'm not telling you Girardi was killing it because he wasn't. And the uh, Phillies have the second longest playoff drought in baseball behind Seattle, who hasn't been in the playoffs since 2001. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to win. And I, uh, you know, Dave Dombrowski, he's a win now GM. He's not going to rebuild. He wants to go sign guys, trade for guys, whatever it takes to get name, talent, in on the. I'm not telling you that Girardi didn't have flaws because he didn't manage the bullpen correctly. I mean, Brad, Brad Hand, we looked at this before. 15 yeah. innings? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and look at the stats of the, you know, the relievers for Philly this year. Brad Hand signed $5 million, 15 innings pitched. Yeah. Okay. Jose Alvarado, who he just got sent down. Yeah, they DFA'd him. 13 and... innings this year. I know yeah. he hasn't been effective, but 13 innings yeah. this year. But Knable. Yeah, Corey Knable, he's 22 innings pitched. Okay. Then you bring in Jarese Familia. Pitched 19 innings so far this year. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been great, but it was really kind of like two starts when I kind of looked at, you know, where he was at. If you take out the Colorado game and you take out a couple others where he got hammered via the homer, he gave up two in Colorado. You take out those two, he's only given up one dinger this year. Right. So not terrible, right? Nick Nelson. Let's look at the two names that everybody else in the room goes, who? Right. James Norwood, (laughs) who they traded for, 15 and a third. Yeah. Okay. How does Brad Hand have less innings than this man? Yeah. I don't know. I digress. (laughs) Nick Nelson, 25 and a 30. Now, I know he's kind of been the long man. Yeah, he's a multi-inning guy, but still. The man's got an ERA over four. Now, granted, his FIP is 330, so you expect that to regress to the mean. But still... Yeah. How is this man getting 25 innings? And, I mean, he was asked to go for a two-inning save against the Braves. That didn't work. Come on. After Bryce Harper smacks that one, why not go to Brad Hand? Oh, I don't know. Joe Girardi? <sighs> Killing me. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to go away from that. Like, that's been the problem. And I know Parker and I discussed this off before we before yeah. we really got into this. We had a okay? good discussion. We had a great discussion. And it basically went down to is the fact that Parker's like, it's not Joe Girardi. They, they put in an imperfect team. And the imperfect team was the fact that you just get a bunch of names and a bunch of guys. You don't care about defense. You don't care about other things. And I said, okay, well, let's beg to differ, and let's go ahead and look at the last time the Phillies went to the postseason. 2011. 2011. And let's go ahead and comprise that team versus the team that we have 
defensively only and sit there and go, okay, who you got? Now, before that, Parker, go ahead and hit us with the defensive stats that Philly is terrible at, and I'm not disagreeing. They've been terrible defensively. All right, as of Friday when Girardi gets fired, these are the Phillies' defensive numbers. Defensive run saved, they're negative 25, which is 29th in baseball. DRS in the outfield, negative 15, that's 29th. Outs above average, minus 22, that's terrible, that's last. Uh, minus 18 and runs prevented. That's also last. I'm not telling you. I mean, I know the old adage in like sports like defense wins championships. I'm not saying. I think defense does matter. Right. Because I look at the Braves teams, right? Alex Anthopoulos, the GM, is like, defense matters. I'm going to get guys who can play defense. And it's actually helped. And they did win the World Series last year. But even like before that, when they were winning divisions, we've won four in a row. And, and I know like CJ looks at Citizens Bank. It's a small ballpark, and when, in 2011, when they they were great, mm-hmm. they weren't this like defensive stalwart. No, they I, I I agree, but I just think that core of J. Roll, Utley, Howard, Chooch mattered because no, they, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you there. And but I, I'm and just I, looking. And, I, and what's the core for Philly? There is no core, but that's not Dombrowski's fault. That's Clintac's fault yeah, because he I, got rid of too many guys. Oh, I think I think Dombrowski was given a bad. Hand. So he's done everything that he can do to what? get it done. So let's go ahead back to my point before I let you go on the defensive. <laughs> I got you. Badness. <laughs> uh, the fact that the Phillies right now, let's go ahead position by def- position and go defense. We're just looking at defense here. Who would you rather have? Okay, so 2011, let's start behind the dish. You have Carlos Ruiz versus JT Real Muto. Defensively, give me Chooch right. barely, barely because of the pitch calling. Right. But Real Muto, good. Best catcher in baseball. And when he starts hitting, he'll make up for it. Absolutely. But we're not talking about that. We're talking pure defense. Reese Hoskins versus Ryan Howard, wash. It's a wash. All right, so then we go to second base. Technically, it was Wilson Valdez to start the year, but it's, it's Chase Utley. Yeah. Chase Utley versus Gene Segura. Defensively, push. Yeah, it's a push. Shortstop to start the year, Didi Gregorius or J-Roll? I'll give it to J-Roll, it's 100%. 100%. Not a doubt in my mind, J-Roll. So, okay, one one, one tick to the bad, truly, one yeah. tick. Okay, now you have Placido Polanco playing third base versus Alec Bohm defensively. Polanco. 100% Polanco, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm there, I'm yeah. with you. Let's go ahead to the outfield, which everybody is saying bad. So we're talking opening day roster. Raul Abanez, Kyle Schwarber, push. Push. At, at worst, I actually think Kyle Schwarber might be slightly better than Abanez. I haven't fully looked at the numbers, but watching them, Abanez was no. Oh, sure. No and, he, and he was old. Right. Yeah. So, okay. But even like in his heyday, it wasn't like he was some defensive guy. Right. No. So, yeah. Like, so we'll say it push. might even be Schwarber, but we'll go with a push. All right, so then we look at Shane Victorino, Odubel Herrera. Victorino. Defensively, Victorino, Odubel has gotten better, but I also think they were really hoping for Moniac, and we haven't really seen Not Moniac yet. play center field. Yeah. Well, they were on opening day. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's say maybe, maybe, maybe Moniac. And they also had Adam Hazley, who is better defensively in center field than Victorino, but then when Moniac had such a great spring, they let him go. So really, I mean, it, we're I'm going to call it a push. Okay. Even though Victorino is better than Herrera, which ended up being the opening day, yeah. they had other options. Sure. And then Harper versus Dominic Brown, which was the starting right fielder yeah. at the time. Give me Harper any day, oh, all absolutely. day, all, absolutely. Even if you want to go Jason Worth and right, give me Harper. Yeah, it's still give me Harper. It's Harper. So what I'm saying is. Dave gave you a very similar defensive team outside of the left side of the infield compared to the 2011 Phillies. The problem is we don't have Brad Lidge closing. We don't have Ryan Madsen, Antonio Bastardo, Michael Stutz. Yeah. You know, these guys closing out games, you know, making making the game a seven-inning yeah. game, and then we also don't – we're not giving the ball to Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, look, Royals, I, look, I think Hamels. I think obviously the biggest thing is the bullpen. Yes, but I don't think the defense is just like ah, eh, because the defense has lost you games and it's early and you guys are we're already, like you and the Braves we're already in a hole, right? Right. So I'm not telling you defense is the biggest issue. The bullpen obviously, but I don't think Dave did his best job 
putting together this team, including the bullpen, not just defensively. Well, and he made, but he made moves, right? We talked. Well, sure, he made hand, moves, but Familia, Knabel, like he made moves that should work. The but, problem is there were no bona fide closers out there sure. this year. But Familia has been a wild card since like his Met days. Yeah, since 2015, he's been. A wild yeah, card. he's a wild card. Like we've well, sorry, seen 18. We've seen good Familia, and we've seen oh my gosh, get this guy out of here. Yeah, I think the only guy that you got that I I would rely on more is Brad Hand, and they're not using him, which makes no sense. Yeah. Alvarado, yeah, he has great stuff, but he's always been kind of a wild card as far as like, can he get the ball over the plate? Can he get consistent outs late in the game? Mm. Canable, I don't think he's a good closer. I think he's a good setup guy. Yeah. But Joe ran him out there every chance he got. Yeah. And then, you know, there, I mean, Nelson, I mean, I don't really know much about him. Norwood, he ain't doing nothing. No, I mean, it, but that's the thing. I, I truly think Joe Girardi lost his job because of the mismanagement of the bullpen. Okay. Because the starters are good enough. Like you have it you have Wheeler, you have Nola, who I know Mad Dog called a tease, but Nola literally if he can avoid the one blow up inning, if he, he can has, face Atlanta every night. Well, yeah, that'd be that'd be good too. <laughs> yeah, but, he's Cy Young winner. Jeez, and crime and he said, you're right. But what I'm saying is like Nola literally has one bad inning a night. Sure. His last start, he goes the first 5, gives up one hit and then gets blown up. Yeah. So like if Nola can avoid the one inning and you just yeah. don't know what inning it's going to be. Right. So if if he can avoid the one inning, he's fine. Uh, you have Eflin, who's got the stuff. He just needs the confidence and to stay out there. Yeah. Uh, you got Gibson, who is a solid back end piece. Three, four, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's not like this rotation is bad. No, it's bullpen. It's the bullpen. Yeah. It, it's it, no, it's not the aces like they sure. had. And like the, even like okay, Wheeler's great. He sh- he. You can argue he should have won the Cy Young last year. Absolutely. And if the Phillies were better, he definitely would have won the Cy Young. Right. But if we're being honest, trust me here, Wheeler hasn't been himself like he was last year this year. He has been the I'm last not, six starts. I'm not saying he's been bad. Last but, six starts he has But been. last year he was dominant like from jump. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he got he got back. He spring. He didn't have spring training. Well, sure. So his and first, look, that's, first that's starts people. that were bad. That's hurting people. Yeah, that's a thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, Phillies, like I said, they made a move. Rob Thompson, let's see if, let's see if it works. Uh, it worked last night. Uh, yeah, they're playing nothing. Yeah, they're playing in like ten minutes against the Angels again. Let's see if it works yeah. from here. Let's go ahead and talk about your team though, because you kind of found an interesting yeah. stat. So Joel Sherman with the New York Post, he's also an MLB Network. He was talking about like, okay, is there anyone else in the NL East that can contend with the Mets? And he thinks it's the Braves. And last year at this through fifty two games. Mm-hmm. 25 and 27. Guess what the record was last year? Same. 25 and 27. Uh, Fangraph's percentage to win the division last year at this time, the Mets were a 76.3% chance to win the division. It's the same heading into yesterday. Yep. I'm not telling you the Bears are going to win the division and win the World Series. Do I think they still have a chance to win the division? Yeah, because if you watch. If you watch this team, they're playing better, and they have more upside. Bullpen, Matzik's out. Kirby Yates, who once upon a time was one of the better closers in the game, he'll be back around the All-Star break. And then Mike Soroka, after the All-Star break, should be ready to go. I know he's coming off double Achilles surgery, so we don't know what he's going to be. But it was in his arm, and if you know anything about Mike Soroka, he's intelligent. He knows how to pitch. He's not just throwing 98. He throws like 92. And he has good movement, and he's had a lot of time to really work on Okay, I don't have this. Physically, I'm not the same because I've had double Achilles surgery, but he's still young and he's intelligent. And if he's your fifth starter, that's a win. If Travis Darno is his personal catcher, I'm in. Okay. Because Contreras can't call him. But, yeah. But I will say this Contreras, I mean, if you combine Darno and Contreras' numbers, they're the best catcher in the National League because Contreras, in limited games, he got seven bombs. Yeah, he's hitting the he's hitting the cover of the ball. The problem is Darno's such a better game caller. Oh, I agree. That Soroka will have a problem. He will be shaking off Contreras all game. But I will. But I will say this about Contreras because everyone's like, oh, because my mom, for instance, she's a huge Shea Langoliers fan who we traded to Oakland for Matt Olson. She was devastated when we traded him. But you can do that when you believe in the other guy, William Contreras, mm-hmm. who we all know coming up, it was all bad, uh, a suspect glove. Well, Sal Fasano, our catching coach, has done a great job with him, and he's improved defensively. I'm not telling you he's 
a, a gold glove winner behind the dish, but he's improved. Mm-hmm. And I think his confidence will only get better. Right. But you're right. Darno catch Soroka every time out. Yeah. That could be huge. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the other big news. Uh, a decent amount of no hit slash perfect game bids happened over the last three days. Yeah. Uh, Musgrove for the uh, Padres was no hitting the Brewers through seven and two thirds for a double by Colton Wong. And then Yankee pitchers go back to back days with perfect hit bids yeah. going past the sixth as Cole went into the seventh with six and two thirds before a single by Jonathan Scope. And then Jamison Tyon went seven before giving up a leadoff double yeah. in the eighth inning to seven Jared Walsh. Per- Perfect innings. Yeah, seven perfect innings. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Both of those were perfect games going into, obviously, uh, deep into the seventh and then to start the eighth. Uh, and it was a leadoff double off of the glove of Kiner Falefa. Ah. You got to love saying that name. Yeah, yeah. All right, some like other small notes. Robert's going to know he was re- released by the pods. And then, like a feel-good story, Manny Benuelos, he used to be like a top-tier prospect for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And then they trade him to the Braves for David Carpenter, Jason Tree when they were making a run, bullpen pieces. Right. And it never really worked for him because of injuries. I know he had like a cup of coffee with the Braves before again injuries. And he's making his debut for the Yankees 14 years later. They signed him to a minor league deal in the offseason. He's played internationally. He had spots with Seattle, Dodgers, Angels, like a bunch of clubs. Right. And he's getting a shot. I think it's a feel-good story. I don't know if it'll work, but I think it's kind of cool he's back with the Yankees. Absolutely. And then let's talk about another young stud. Well, I mean, the previous one, not really young anymore. But (laughs) uh, young stud, Yardon Alvarez, signs for a six-year, $115 million extension. He's getting $7 million next year, $10 million in 24, and then it just bumps up. 15 and 25, 26 for the last three years of that extension. Uh, Obviously, the contract begins next season. They avoid arbitration. Perfect signing for them. They needed to keep him. And because they saved all the money, not signing Correa, not signing Springer, they were able to do this for Alvarez, who I think has more upside than both of those guys. One thing I think it's funny with Houston is when Springer left and then Correa the next year, I'm thinking, oh, this there might be going downhill here. But then like you have a Jordan average, you have Kyle Tucker, and you still have Altuve, and it's just like... This is this was and the right guy playing short right now who's, who's oh, tearing it, it up. Is it Diaz? Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tearing it up. So I mean, they're really not missing Correa outside of the bat, like right. fielding wise. But, but he's not. hurt. So I mean, he's not even doing what we thought he would be doing for right. Minnesota because he's hurt. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the MLB news with the players of the month. Yeah. Kind of interesting here. Uh, Aaron Judge wins it for the American. He's pretty League. good. Yeah, you know, pretty good. He hit three eleven in the month of May with an OPS of one point zero seven seven. He had twelve taters and twenty five RBI. And then this is actually the more interesting one. Oh sure. Paul Goldschmidt Goldie. of the St. Louis Cardinals hit four oh four in the month of May with a twelve eighty eight OPS, ten dingers, thirty three stakes. The uh, 33 RBIs was the most in the month, but that makes it three straight St. Louis Cardinals dating back to last year. Was it Tyler O'Neill and and then Nolan Arenado in April? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like when we were talking about this, it's like, oh, Goldschmidt, he's been great. Arenado has been great, and they bring up Nolan Gorman, who's already showed some some, and they're second in the division. Like Milwaukee, I think we're sleeping on them a little bit. Yeah, we are. Like pitching, we know they're great, and Mm -hmm. then it's like offensively. eh, Well, Woodruff is on the IL right now. Yeah, but like Freddie Peralta is on the IL, and they're still in first. It's like, what is going on? But like, and Yelich hasn't. I mean, he's been better than last year, but it's still kind of like I need more. Yeah. But they're figuring out ways to win. It is still weird seeing McCutcheon in a Brewer jersey, though. I don't like it. Yeah, it's really weird. That yellow in the Navy doesn't work yeah. after seeing him in black and gold and then in the red and white pinstripes for the last I thought he seasons. Lo- and look, I, obviously, I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm a Braves fan. But I'm like, man, McCutcheon looks real clean in that Philly uniform. Heck yeah, brother. He did look good. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't make the uh, mustard there. Yeah. All right. Well, when we return, we're getting into a little bit more baseball. The teams that are under 500 that might have a chance to make a run. We'll discuss when we return. Welcome back. We're hitting into the teams below 500 who could still have a chance to make a run. So we're going to mention every team that is under 500. There's a section called <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we have all the rest of the teams that didn't make that uh you know, unique distinction yeah. of being those teams. So let's go ahead and at first go over the 
No. <laughs> uh, teams, uh, we start with Pittsburgh, the Pirates. Sorry, it's not going to happen for you. They compete. I know you just swept the Dodgers, but let's be real. They're not in this. Yeah, they're not in this. Uh, let's go ahead and cross the border over into Ohio, Cincinnati. <laughs> no, not going to happen, you Reds. Uh, just go ahead and keep being the bottom basement dwellers of the NL Central, uh-huh. as we thought. Uh, let's talk about the bottom basement of NL Divisions, the Marlins. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen for you. You're going to be sellers as well as the Nationals. <laughs> no, not going to happen. Uh, you're you're also going to be selling come the deadline. Let's go ahead and go to the junior circuit here. Baltimore in the east, the Royals in the central, and the Athletics out west. Parker, what are they? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not going to happen for either one of those teams. So let's go over the remaining teams that are under 500 of the uh, teams that we did not mention in the haha no section. Parker, go ahead and fire them off. All right, Braves, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Phillies, yeah. I think so. I think they have a chance. We talked about it. If uh, you know everything's, if they start hitting this Thompson thing, could be a thing. We'll see. Maybe, maybe the new voice is right. Maybe yeah. that's that's the move to go. All right, the Cubs, no. Yeah, I just I don't I, see I, it. I, I'm They've not, got a lot of young talent. I never want to say like teams specifically are trying to lose, but that front office is like, I, we're rebuilding. Maybe next year we'll really get back into it, but this year we're not really trying. But they have some good young players. Yeah, and maybe the young players kind of keep them in it. I mean, you got to think with the extra playoff teams, they could make a run. So that's the reason why they're not. Haha, no, but because but they could. I just don't. I don't see them making the run, but they could. Yeah, Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think they could make a run. They pitch. I they pitch well. I mean, I know Bumgarner could be. They've got a lot of. They got a lot of no names out there. Gallon is really good. I love that guy. Kelly. You forget they got Zach Davies from the Brewers. Yeah, like they they can pitch and like in that ballpark, it's one of those ballparks where it's like okay, maybe you don't have name brand guys, but they can hit because of this ballpark. Again, Seth Beer, man, best best name in the (laughs) league. Uh, Rockies. I'll say yes because. I like their offense. Right. Like, I like what C.J. Crone's doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I McMahon. Yeah. They can pitch a little bit. I know Chad Cool last night against the Braves. Like, they went to, <laughs> they went to extra innings. Going to the 10th inning, it was 0-0. That's only the third time it's ever happened in course field history. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's, I mean, they pitch well. Is Bryant still out, or is he back now? He's out. I don't know. Like, unfortunately, that's a guy, because... I'm sure, like, a lot of it's, like, physically, he doesn't, you know, like, it's hard to, like, you know, charge yeah. back up in, in Colorado. It's hard with that, human, like, with the with sea the, level. Yeah, the altitude. That's the altitude. Yeah, for. that was the word. And I was, like, stuck. I felt yeah. like, Ugh. Leave it to the meteorologist to get you that. There you go. Boston. <sighs> yeah, I think they can. Yeah, I think their offense can be too good. Yeah, their offense is great. And, you know, they've got some pitching that. Pavetta. Could- yeah, like Evaldi. Pavetta, what? I don't. Uh, he's always been a mystery to me. Yeah, he's like a I can't come up with the words. Like he'll he'll sit there and he'll throw like that twelve six curveball that comes out of nowhere, and you're like, man, that thing was sweet. Then, he'll throw six up. of them. Yeah, he'll throw six of them. Then he'll throw ninety six right down, right belt high, and it gets right. belted. And you're like, where what? was the hook? <laughs> yeah, where was the hook? What are you doing? Right. I, it, it, he's baffled me for years, but I, they can make a run. Yeah, Chicago White Sox. <sighs> I'm a yes. I know they've underachieved, and you're thinking names on the back of jerseys. Yeah. Got, but like at some point, I mean, they DFA Dallas Keiko. We mentioned that on the last episode, of the right? Pod. But I, I think, I'm going to say yes purely because of Anderson and Mankata have not been there over the yeah. last couple of uh, couple of weeks. Eli Jimenez is kind of uh. yeah. So eventually they'll find it. They can make a run, and the the central isn't isn't runaway like right i know i picked the twins they're going out correa's not doing anything right now no, correa was in is, though buxton's being phenomenal that i, mean, was I know great he's been battling him. some like health stuff but like when he's in the lineup they play well yeah they do All play right, well. the guardians <sighs> no i'm a yes purely because of pitching and they're in second place in the division yeah but that because division, of, again is weak i know but which is why i think they're still in it well, that's the only reason why I think Chicago's in it. I just don't think the Guardians have the staying power. I think they I think they move on. It's so weird saying Guardians. Yeah. All uh, right, other AL Central team, the Tigers. You know, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to say yes, that yeah. they had a chance. I still think they – no, I don't think they yeah, can. Yeah, I like their young talent, but I think they've dug themselves too big of a hole. It's not coming together. All right, out west, Texas Rangers. 
No. I know we kind of make fun of them. They are, like, kind of competing. I know Corey Seager's having a great year. Marcus Simeon's been bad, but I think he'll pick it up. But I'm still a no. Because yeah, they can't pitch. They yeah, can't pitch. they don't have the pitching. So I'm going to go with a no. All right, Seattle. No. I'm saying yes solely because I picked them to win the division. And these colors don't run, man. Sure. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. Every time he says it, he lies a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel good about it because Houston looks like the class. Yeah. And the Angels, I still think, they're, even though they're like what, on, they're, they're on an eight-game they're skid. They're an eight-game skid right now. But They're still a little bit classier. Yeah, but I still want to believe in the young talent. Like maybe Kelnick can get going. I think Rodriguez is maybe. really good. Yeah. Winker, Suarez. I mean, and you get to feast on the Rangers and the Athletics. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe. So but I'm no. a yes, but I don't feel great about it. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and recap the AHA Nose, Pirates, Reds, Marlins, Nationals, uh, Orioles, Royals, and then Athletics. Say that a couple times, and you're going to be really messed yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, go in the NL East first, Braves and Phillies. Yes. We both think they have a chance to make runs. I know we're biased, but yeah. Yeah. If you wa- watch the games. Yep. And you can see it. No, 100%. Going to the Central, the Cubs. No. No, not happening. Uh, West, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. Yeah, yeah they, they got shots. Uh, then going to the Junior Circuit, Boston, yes. Chicago, yes. White Sox, yes. Guardians, I'm a no. Parker's a yes. Uh, Tigers no. were both no's. And then out west there, the Rangers were both no. I'm going to say no to Seattle. I'm going to let Parker have his delusion of grandeur. Yeah. yeah. That's the Hey, maybe they can make a run. Sure. You know, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. It's time. And maybe they make this magical run that we don't see coming, and that's how they get in the playoffs for the first time in over 20 years. Yeah, the only way they're getting back to the playoffs is they clone Ken Griffey Jr. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? That guy's awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about a guy who could be multi-sport, who who didn't, right? Yeah. Because the other sport he could have done was wide out in the NFL. You know what we're talking about? On the other side of the break, we're getting into the top 10 wide receivers by teams. Who's got the best wide receiver rosters when we return? Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're getting to our top 10 series this week. It's wide receiver groups in the NFL. CJ, start us off. Yeah, we're going to go with the top. Uh, it's the top 10 we're actually like talking about, right? Right. But, uh, the Give a little top, hat tip. Yeah, the, the top half that didn't make the cut into the top 10. Steelers, uh, Bills, Jags, Giants, Saints, and Cardinals. Let's go yeah. over their wide receiving core. Uh, Bills first. Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder. Uh, solid top three, yeah. uh, really. But when you lose, uh, you know your your second guy in Emmanuel Sanders, it kind of hurts you a little bit. Cole Beasley was solid. And, yeah, Cole Beasley was great for them. They replace him with Jamison Crowder. How well that works, I don't know. Considering you're getting Crowder from a terrible organization within your division, also known as the Jets. Yeah. Um. So you know, type type things there uh let's go ahead to the steelers Deontay next. johnson chase claypool we both think george pickens is going to be great but yep. th- we do we don't know right yeah. it's still kind of a mystery when you're a rookie wide receiver right unproven so, so you kind of don't go with it right uh the next team the jags that missed zay jones marvin jones the jones brothers yeah and then uh christian kirk signing the big contract uh, I mean, you got Laquan Treadwell, maybe pop in there. Lavishka Chenault, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Kiki QT is. <laughs> well, no, sorry, that's wrong team. Um, uh, Jamal Agnew, that's the one there I'm looking go. for. Uh, you know, guys that could possibly make it interesting, but Jags still out there for me. Uh, going to the NFC, the Giants, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. And then Starling Shepard. Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton is their fourth. I think this was the team that, like, we talked about getting into the top ten, but yeah. uh, we just couldn't. I was we close. couldn't do it. I yeah, was close. really close on it. Uh, the Saints with Michael Thomas and Chris Olev and Jarvis Landry. You want to put them in, but you don't know what you're getting out of Thomas or and, Olev and Olev because they're you know the rookie there as well. I mean, you still have uh, Marquez Callaway. Uh, Jaquan Smith, who's been, you know, taking reps these last couple years. All right, would you take Saints over Giants? No. Okay. No, I wouldn't I'd still, I still take Tony. Kadarius Tony, like, was insane for three games last year. Right. And then the Cardinals, if Hop is in there, if D-Hop is yeah, in he, here. he's in the top. They're, they're in the top, they're in the top 10. 10. But right now, as it sits, you have A.J. Green, 
uh, Hollywood Brown, and then Rondell Moore. Uh, we thought about putting him in the top 10, but considering you're going to miss half the year without Hopkins, it bumps them out. This right. was another team that was on the cusp of getting in. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go over the top 10. Uh, the remaining top 10 teams as far as wide receiver talent. This has nothing to do with quarterback play, yeah. uh, even though a couple times it's helped with our recency bias on right. a couple of these spots that we were talking about. We tried to take away the quarterback yeah. play. If you just have, you know, Joe Schmo, random guy throwing him the ball, yeah. who you got as far as wide outs, let's start at number 10. I mean, Parker. number number 10 is one of the big reasons why we're not talking quarterback is Denver. Mm-hmm. So you have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. Yep. Like, I think all three of those guys are really good, but they're all cost, they've kind of underachieved as well. Right. And so yeah. we don't know what they are. I think Russell Wilson is going to improve them, but we're not talking about quarterbacks. Right. We're talking about you as a wide receiver, where are you at, and Denver's number 10. Yeah, I think Cortland Sutton is better than what he's, he's played at because, like we said, his quarterback talent has been bad. So I think he, you know, these guys are like, really? They're top 10? I think these guys have a lot of talent. And, I mean, we're not even talking about their other slot receiver, K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. I mean, he's oh, two yeah. years removed. You also have Travis Fulgham on this you know, in this depth chart, Seth Williams, who was a six rounder last year, who's a kind of a speedster. I mean, they've got a lot of talent in this wide receiver room. I mean, they just paid Tim Patrick. Cortland Sutton was a second rounder in 2018. And then, you know what you're getting out of Jerry Judy. Yeah. I mean, anytime you look at a Alabama wideout and these picked <laughs> early, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. So, you know, you got to go with Denver here at 10 is pr- is definitely a safe play. Right. Number nine is Dallas. I mean, we know their number one is CD lamb followed by Michael Gallup and James Washington as their third sneaky pickup considering, you know, they, they lost uh, Amari Cooper. I think this gives CD lamb kind of the go ahead. Michael right. Gallup's been great. I mean, he was a steal in the third round in 2018. I think uh, Noah Brown as their fourth is great. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, their third rounder this year, could be almost a steal in the third round. Yeah. Some people saying they, they reached for him. I don't know, man. I mean, the kid has done a lot of really, really great things in college. I mean, the problem is he's a D2 guy because he came out of South Alabama. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got the measurables. He's 6'1", 195. He can go get it. It's a, you know, it's a, it was a very good pickup sneaky. I think he could turn out to be really good. They like getting really good wide receivers in the third. Yeah. I like James Washington a lot, but when he was in Pittsburgh, one of the big issues was he dropped the ball too much. Right. And and key spots. So I like him as a number three, not like a number one or number two, but you know, and the CD lamb, Michael Gallup there, they're pretty dependable. You know what you're getting. You know what you're getting out of those two. All right, let's go to number eight. And it's my squad, Philadelphia. The big hit here. The big thing that jumps them up is AJ Brown. I mean, if they, if they don't have AJ Brown, they're not even in the top 16. You add a top 10 wide receiver talent to go with a top 30 wide receiver talent in Devonta Smith. And then you have Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal. Love that guy who's been phenomenal. And now Jalen Rager doesn't have to be a guy. (laughs) Right. He's like number five, might not even make this roster because you got Greg Ward. Uh, John Hightower has been great. A speedster. If he could just hang on to the ball, he's been great. This Dion Kane guy who was, uh, Oh yeah. He used to be a Colt. Yeah. And, and he caught a pass in, in practice today from, from Jalen Hurts. So, you know, they've got a lot of guys that could possibly go a lot of different places, but their top five of Smith, Brown, Watkins, Pascal, and Rager, phenomenal. And that's not even including Greg Ward, who's just shifty as all. Get yeah, out. I love Ward. I think, based off of Dallas, I think Philly is more deep. Yeah. I think they have more depth. And a lot of that depends on Jalen Rager, who, again, you're not. I know you're a first-round pick. But you don't have to have that, you know, like, I'm the number one. Like, you're no, you're like four or five. Right. And if he can learn how to catch a football, I think he'll definitely make this roster and he could surprise some people. Yeah, absolutely. I think he could definitely surprise some people. I think with less pressure, he could be great. All right, let's go ahead to number seven. This is kind of a shock to some people, Las Vegas. And here's the reason why. Outside of one, you're not entirely positive what you've got. Yeah, but your one is Devonta Adams. Which, that alone puts them in the top in 10. So, yeah. you have Devonta Adams, Demarcus Robinson. Has, Love Hunter Renfro. Right, and then you have Hunter Renfro in the slot. Keelan Cole, so if, you know, Adams yeah. goes down, Cole, I mean, he's been 
okay. Yeah. You got Mac Hollins, who, you know, everybody remember when he backpacked kid on Washington when yeah. he was with Philly. So, I mean, it's not like they're not deep, but when you have Devonta Adams in your roster, you're yeah. automatically a top 10 team. So uh-huh. Las Vegas slots at seven for us here. Yep. Uh, number six, Miami. They're phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you, you get the cheetah. I mean, yeah, I was like, you get the cheetah, that automatically puts you in. You have Jalen Waddle. And then you have Cedric Wilson, the un, uh, you know, kind of an unsung hero with Dallas over the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah. Now their depth behind that not great. You're relying on a fourth rounder this year. You're relying on Trent Sherfield. I don't know much about him. Yeah, I mean, you're really not relying on much. But when you have Cheetah, you have Jalen Waddle, and you have Cedric Wilson, you can run two tight end Do sets. Do you think Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle is like the best combo in the NFL? It might be. It's close. Yeah, it's close. It's, very it's close. really close. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is Tua. If it don't work, yeah, you, you're the problem. You are the problem if it don't work for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to five. Go to L.A. Uh, the first L.A. team. The wink, wink, nudge, nudge, clap, clap on the fact that we have enough, both of them in here. Yeah. Uh, but we go Charger, uh, Chargers first. Excuse me. Keenan Allen in the slot. Mike Williams and then uh, Jalen Guyton. Uh, you also have Josh Palmer on the outside. DeAndre Carter who has kind of been like a freelancer, was latest with Washington. Yeah. He's real shifty in the slot, great route runner. So to back up Keenan Allen, but really it's between Mike Williams, uh, the first rounder from 2017, and Keenan Allen. You know what you're getting out of Keenan Allen. Yeah, absolutely. So it's phenomenal. And like I said, I like Josh Palmer. He was a rookie last year. He's got something to prove. And if Guyton can't do it uh, for the Chargers, Palmer will be great. Oh, great. Uh, let's go ahead and go to number four, Cincinnati. Yeah, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. That connection between uh, Burrow and Jamar Chase has only got to get better, mm-hmm. along with Higgins and Boyd. Like, the, the, you can make the case that they're one, but... Yeah, we like a couple. We have a few other groups that are yeah, just just a little bit better, and it's because you know I as much as we love Jamar Chase, prove it to me again. Right, right. Uh, T Higgins is has been great again. He's the jump ball specialist. Hmm. Know your role, and Tyler Boyd, solid second rounder out of Pitt. He's been great out of the slot. Their depth hurts them. I really yeah. don't. You know, their depth isn't phenomenal behind these three guys. You have uh, Stanley Morgan, who is a uh, you know, free agent college guy. Like he didn't even get yeah. drafted as your backup to Jamar Chase. Yeah. The other Mike Thomas. Yeah. yeah, not the other the the one that we know is great, but the other Mike the Thomas. The other Mike Thomas. So I mean it's not phenomenal as far as their depth, which hurt them right. here, but I mean their top three is really, really good. No doubt. Let's go to Minnesota next is number three, and it's literally because of two guys, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Enough said. Outside of that, you really don't need much. However, you got KJ Osborne, who's been phenomenal of the slot the last couple of years as he entered the league in 2020. BC Johnson. Yeah, BC Johnson really didn't know much about him. He was a seventh yeah. rounder, but he's got the height and He's very, I like the measurables. Yeah, very similar. And then Jalen Naylor, the sixth rounder this year out of Michigan State, a six footer, one ninety. The kid's decent. He probably could have gone earlier in lesser of a wide receiver draft, but you know, let's see what he can do. I know he's a rookie, but he's going to learn from Thielen. And he's going to be playing that same. He's literally the understudy for Adam Thielen. Yeah. Uh, let's see if he can, you know, make splashes. And truth be told, if anybody can take, you know, unrestricted free agents and make them great in wide receiver, it's Minnesota. Right. Proof is oh, Adam yeah. Thielen. Absolutely. Let's go to number two, which is the L.A. Rams. Yeah. So you got Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson. We know he's good. A co- little Cooper Cup. Little Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, all you had to say was Cooper Cup. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't start with him. Well, I mean, Van Jefferson, let's see if he comes into his own in his third year in the league. He really hasn't had that much playing time. But he needs it now that Bobby Trees is gone. Bobby Trees is gone, so he's going to get some run, and I think he's better than a lot of people do. I I mean, he's a second-round pick out of Florida. SEC wide receivers, a lot of people knock him. Some a lot of the time it works, especially if they're early guys. You know, yeah. Later guys that are fringe guys, maybe they yeah. maybe they work, maybe they don't. But Allen Robinson is a phenomenal find, and the fact that he the Bears kind of like let him go, or he kind of forced his way out, whatever way you want to talk about it, the fact that he lands on the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the top wide receiving core in the league, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I don't. 
want to say it's not even close, but it might not I even mean, be close. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage is a solid three that they brought aboard. And he's phenomenal in the slot. Yeah. He's going to be shifty. He's going to fill Perriman. that role. Right. Perriman backing up Evans. Uh, you have you still have Scotty Little Miller. Little Scotty Miller, so, underrated. Yeah, and I mean they filled out their roster with a bunch of undrafted guys because yeah. they really didn't need them. So let's see if they can find a diamond in the rough out Absolutely. of these guys. But outside of that, I mean you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage in the slot, which is really good. He, I, Tom Brady's going to take him to another level. I oh, know I agree. we're not taking we're not taking quarterback into account. Yeah, but if Russell Gage has to get thrown the ball by another guy. I don't know if he could make a leap into right. you know an elite slot guy. I think Tom Brady's going to take him there because oh, sure. he's going to tell him the minute details of fully getting into it. Yeah. I mean, Russell Gage's first year in the league, if I remember correctly, was with Matt Ryan as he was a yeah he's fifth year. So yeah, he was with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and when Matt Ryan was telling him those little intricacies, it was yeah. great. Matt Ryan hasn't been. You know, really that MVP, Matt that Ryan. guy. Yeah. So it really has hurt him. But Russell Gage, as far as a, you know, here's what that. Now you're getting Tom Brady telling you that. Man, Gage could be out of sight. And Scotty Miller could have a huge year if he if he's given the opportunity to be. I'm not saying he's going to start in the slot, but like let's just say Russell Gage doesn't work. You can put Scotty Miller in the slot, and it's going to work. He's like, I mean, he's a poor man's Edelman Amendola. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right, so let's go over back over the top 10 list. Again, the teams that just missed, Steelers, Bills, Jags, Giants, Saints, and Cardinals, they just missed on the cutting room floor of the top teams in the NFL. So Denver at 10, Dallas at 9, Philly at 8, Vegas at 7, Miami at 6, the LA Chargers at 5, followed by Cincinnati, Minnesota, the Rams, and then the Bucks. The yeah. I... You know, I don't really see a big issue with this list. I, I know there could be a couple of teams sure. out there that, you know, oh, the Giants are better than Denver. Yeah. I I, I hear you. I hear, trust me. We we all yeah, thought we, we, we were talking it. about this. Yeah. And what we did first was cut it down to the top 16 teams. And what we were talking about, we're like, it's going to be Philly, Dallas Giants, like right yeah. in. And when it came to the cutting room floor, we're like, Denver or Giants. And we're like, you know what? Denver. Denver I yeah. think Cortland, Cortland Sutton is is, yeah. you know, better than Galladay is really what it came down to. But if you have any disagreements, hit us up at the Sports GPS on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whichever social media platform you want to use. Mm -hmm. Hit us up and uh, tell us your opinions. Yeah, let us know where we messed up. Our, we is our top 10 terrible? Is our top 10? I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's pretty good. There could be some debate I mean, you there. can, you know, switch some here and there. But I think we definitely got the 10 right. And yeah. you, can, you can debate on the Giants if you want. Right. But I think we got the 10 right if you... You can debate it, on the Bills because of how good Diggs is, maybe. But if you if you have a different order, just hit us up at the Sports GPS. Yeah, let us know. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? I truly think that we could have moved Philly up, but I tried not to stay homerish. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't a homer. My team didn't even make the cut. Yeah, because your, your Colts aren't good at wide receiver. Yeah, not right now. No, they're not. All right. Well, that's going to do it next week, I believe, is offensive line. Am yeah. I correct offensive there? Offensive line. Offensive line ne next week. Excuse me there. Tune in for that. But I think that's going to do it. Uh, episode 10 in the books for season three. Yeah. For all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.